Hi, listeners. Welcome to Grief Out Loud. Remember the last time you tried to talk about grief and suddenly everybody left the room? Grief Out Loud is opening up this often avoided conversation because grief is hard enough without having to go through it alone. We bring you a mix of personal stories, tips for supporting children, teens, and yourself, and interviews with professionals in the grief world. Platitude and cliche-free, we promise. Grief Out Loud is hosted by me, Jana DeCristofero, and produced by Dougie Center, the National Grief Center for Children and Families in Portland, Oregon. Hey listeners, wanted to let you know that today's episode talks about suicide, both grieving when someone dies of suicide and also struggling with thoughts of suicide. If those are topics you don't want to engage with, you might want to skip this one. If you or someone you know is struggling and needs support, please reach out. You can contact the National Suicide Prevention Line at 1-800-273-8255, or you can text HELLO to 741-741. Both of these are available 24-7. Grief is different for everyone, and our capacity to be there for one another in our shared grief is also different for everyone. When Kiana was nine, her dad died of suicide. Kiana and her family lived in a very small town where everyone knew everyone and everyone's business. But it was also a small town where people didn't really talk about that business, at least not out in the open. Kiana and her dad were super close, and when he died, her mom was tasked with telling her the news. At first, her mom just said that her dad was gone, but over time, she ended up telling her the truth of how he died. Kiana reacted the way lots of young children react. She was confused, sad, overwhelmed, and most of all, angry. Angry at her mom, angry at the circumstances, and even angry at her dad. In the years since her dad died, a lot has changed in Kiana's life. But the one thing that seemed to carry through as a constant was that anger. That is, until she reached a point recently when she knew she needed to do something about it, to better understand where it was coming from, and to find new ways to express it that didn't take a toll on her or her closest relationships. Kiana and I talk about her dad, about what she remembers, about how having someone die of suicide affected her, and also the hard work she's done to reckon with the reverberations of trauma and grief, including how to advocate for her needs and the relationships she wants in her life. Kiana, welcome to Grief Out Loud. I'm looking forward to our conversation today. I am as well. Thanks so much for having me. Let's start with a little bit about your dad. I know you were you were quite young when he died. And what do you remember about him? Um, what I remember the most is um, his smile. Uh, I actually have a smile, which is really a nice remind, reminder of him. He has these two significant dimples with this smile that actually have carried over to me. And I, it's one of the one things that I definitely have to remember him by. Um, there are certain times when I remember his laugh. Uh, <laughs> and then there are like times I also remember the things he wore, like jean shorts and some 80s glasses that he always had from his teen years. <laughs> so just some little tidbits there that remember it. Um, I don't remember him much, but those are the things that stand out from when, since it's been such a long time, those are the things that stand out the most. 
Yeah, it's it's very familiar with what the kids in our groups who are in that like six to 10 range when we ask them like, you know, what do you want us to know about your person? It's almost always about what they wore. And there was some like iconic dad outfit that they had. And so I'm really, I'm picturing the eighties glasses and the jean shorts right now <laughs> for your dad. <laughs> and, you know, when, when some, when you're so young, when your parent dies, sometimes as you grow older, you hear stories about them from friends and from family, and you learn more about them later. And I, I'm just wondering how, how has that been for you? Have you learned things about your dad as you grew older from other people? I definitely have. And while not all of it is positive, um, I don't let it perceive the way that I remember him. I, re- I choose to remember my dad in a positive way versus what others have told me along the way. And I don't feel that the mistakes that he made in his past should have any bearing on the fact that he's not here anymore. He made the mistakes, he lived with the mistakes that he made. And I remember him as he was, as laughter and joy and being in his happy place, which is with, was with me and my sister. So that's how I choose to remember him versus what others have told me. Yeah, so you've found a way to let other people have their memories and their story and have that stay separate from the relationship that you had with your dad. Yeah. Because it's my my biggest thing with that, it's it's my own opinion. People have their own formulated opinions of who they knew my dad as versus what I knew him as. Yeah, that can get so tricky in grief, right? Because those opinions start to get solidified as as fact, you know, of the the truth of a person. And everyone has a different truth about every different person. And how did you find out that your dad died? Um, so it, it's tricky and I'm try I'm gonna try to keep the story short of how I found out. So I was nine, I was nine when he passed. My dad had been fighting depression for the longest time. Um, It ties back to when he lost his own mom two years prior in November of 2004 um, from cancer. And I think a lot of it tied into the fact that my dad didn't actually get a chance to grieve properly and which led to his depression, which led to just this shift in him and my mom is was the rock in the marriage and the relationship (sighs) sorry it might get a little tough here when I talk more about it the days leading up to um my dad's passing my mom had expressed to my dad what her feelings were to him and their marriage and what it wanted to be going forward that my mom loved him but she was not in love with him anymore and because she's just exhausted from trying and we had left officially and my mom had let family friends know what was going on and the instances of how my dad was acting and she had a friend go check on him do wellness checks that was an officer and he told my mom that he was completely fine And then my mom took him to see a psychiatrist at the hospital who proceeded to also say that he was fine. 
and my dad actually signed himself out of the hospital that night, the day before. Um, that day, I had um, my mom had went to check on him. She said the first she got there, and everything from then on was a blur. Um, an officer had found him, and the invest there's an investigator there that told her what had happened. My sister and I had gotten home from school that afternoon, and she she didn't tell me right off the bat because I think it was just something she didn't know if I could understand because my dad was my dad and I were so tight. We were the best of friends, and my sister and my mom had a tight relationship. So she, my sister knew before I did, and she told us she's like, like your dad's passed away, and I'm. I'm kind of like, what? I'm 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 kind of starting to process this a little bit. And then it's I don't I kind of just brushed it off. And she, she's like, yeah, he passed away today. I was like, okay. So I just kind of went back to do my own thing. We proceed on and uh like we had our family, we had the family and friends night, and then the day the funeral is when this actually just like hit me is that this is actually happening. Like he's actually gone. It wasn't until at least a few months later, my mom actually told me that he took his life. I don't really know exactly what more to tell you, but he took his life. And what was that like for you, Kiana, when when your mom told you how your dad had died? It was anger. I was angry at him, but he wasn't there for me to be angry at. So it was my mom was where my anger got targeted. It was just kind of like a blame game because I just didn't understand. And she tried for the longest time to like find a way to tell me. I was being like so built up with anger and I just kind of like using that anger against my mom. I think she just kind of had hit her breaking point and she didn't want to tell me the way that she told me, but I think it was just her breaking point it hit with how I was acting. In that time period between when your mom said your dad died and when you found out how he died, what what do you remember thinking had happened? There was numerous different things. I just thought he was just just really sick. For in the last time I saw him, he was pale as can be, so like kind of ghoulish looking. Mm-hmm. It was kind of terrifying to see him in such a state, but I just thought like, oh, he's sick. You mentioned too, Kiana, that your your dad didn't really get a chance to, I think the words you used were grieve properly for his mom's death. And what I was wondering what you meant by that. So my dad wasn't exactly an emotion shower. He was a hider, I would like to say. And my dad was attached to the hip to my grandmother. Because a lot happened after like my grandmother passed. Like we had just moved into our brand new house. And him and my mom were just kind of like, and their marriage just wasn't in a good place. So I think it was just a lot of like things together that really just broke his his ability to grieve. And do you relate to that idea in terms of yourself growing up from nine till now of having that space to grieve or not having that space? So yes and no. So after my dad passed and my mom noticed these like, outbursts and whatnot. I was in counseling for, it was very short-lived because unfortunately my counselor who was phenomenal ended up actually 
retiring. So I didn't get a long-term counseling like I should have. And I think that really just played a factor into how I, uh, how I grew into my adulthood. And because I never got under control, like my anger issues or the other aspects of the grieving process, like the anger has affected me up till like probably about last year at the latest. Actually, I started counseling as an adult because it started to affect my relationship right now. And it was kind of like a deal breaker in my relationship that if this didn't get controlled, that this was it. So I went, yeah, I went back into counseling and it's a year later and my progression has been able, like I've been able to work on that anger and it's helped me so much in not only my personal life, but in my relationship and like my work life nonetheless. Kiana, what this might be too private of a, of a question, so feel free to say I pass, but just wondering, like, you mentioned like when you were a kid, you, you were mad and you like that anger got directed at your mom. And as an adult and in this last year in counseling, like what have you discovered about what you were truly angry about? Um, a lot of the root issues was just, you know, adjusting to life without him and adjusting to my, like my mom remarried. So adjusting to a life with my stepdad and how I just was never really a fan of my stepdad. And it was kind of like a trauma, essentially. It was basically like a childhood trauma that had never really been brought to attention. Looking back now, what what do you think you needed most in your grief as a nine-year-old and a 13-year-old and a 17-year-old? Definitely, um, I'm going to go with the safe answer, which is counseling. I definitely needed the counseling for sure, but also um, I I guess I needed an a place where I could have grieved properly, where it's because I felt with my mom that it was I didn't really after my mom remarried I didn't really have my mom. The only the only thing that I really had was like you know my sister there who was there to like understand what I was feeling. But I just like felt like I needed my mom more in order to, you know, go forward. In a sense, your dad dies and then you also lose your mom, the other adult caregiver in your life. Yeah, that's kind of how, how it felt. Yeah. You know, a lot of people reach out to Dougie Center, to me, they want to know how do I support a child, a teen, an adult, anyone who has had someone die by suicide. And they want to know specifically about that piece. And I, I'm just curious for your sons, like what is unique or not about having had someone in your life die of suicide? I think the first thing is to have a relatable circumstance. I wish I knew more people when dad passed that had been in this instance. Because growing up in a small town, you it wasn't really something we talked about. It wasn't something you ever heard of. And then this happens with my dad. And it was like, it was like, wow, like it was the talk of the town, essentially. So just having that relatable circumstance would have been really nice. And are there things that you think like, it's not really that unique grieving a dad, no matter how that dad dies? 
yeah, no, no matter how you lose a parent, the circumstance isn't unique. You lost a parent. That's, that's how it is. It's like you lose them, they're gone. And you want to be able to have a community you can grieve over the same thing for. Keanu, you mentioned growing up in a small town and how, you know, nobody else was relating. You felt like you were the only person maybe in in the town or the world in that moment who had had someone die of suicide. And I know when you and I have talked in the past, you've mentioned this sort of environment of silence that you felt you were growing up in after your dad died. Can you say more about that? Yeah. So after my dad passed, really the silence came from just this disconnection from his side of the family. With my dad not being like a figurehead in this relationship, we just didn't, we weren't a part of them anymore. We were just kind of like thrown to the side now that my dad is gone. It's still to this day, just like that. There's none that ever really reach out to us to talk with us unless it's like, you know, by a chance encounter, we see them out in public and they either they'll go the separate way or they'll actually just kind of face us and ask how we're doing. Like, They've known us a hundred years and still will talk with us like nothing ever changed. So they either disappeared completely or act like nothing's different, even though things are really different. Yeah. Yeah. And with that, with your dad's family, I know for for some kids and teens, when a parent or it might be a, a sibling who dies, and specifically if they die of suicide, there can be a lot of blame from one side of the family, like it's your fault or he wouldn't have died if it hadn't been for you or your mom. And was that also a part of that disconnect? Oh, absolutely. Um, My mom was blamed a lot for what happened with my dad. And honestly, to be fair, she was the one of the main, she was probably the only one that was actually fighting to get my dad the help that he needed. Mm -hmm. And I think that, that, the fact that everybody knew what was happening but chose to ignore that something was wrong is the source of the blame. And it's easier to blame it on my mom than it is to play the blame game to themselves. And is that a new perspective for you as an adult, one that maybe you didn't have as a kid? Oh, yeah. Because I never really understood why they just kind of like stopped talking with us. And then once I got older and I learned more, I understood why that was. And I don't think they realized who really was penalized in this whole thing. And now I don't really seek to have a relationship with them because of how they've treated us, nonetheless, my mom. And speaking of your mom, how has your relationship with her changed over the years in relation to your grief and your dad's death? It's been rocky. There was a point where after I turned 18, I moved out and we stopped talking for a while. I just needed, it was not the best environment living with her and my stepdad solo because my sister had moved out when she had my niece and she had moved out and I was there and it just wasn't a great environment. So I moved out when I was 18. We didn't talk for about about two, about two or three years. It was just, it's only been about two years ago that we've just started to reconnect. We have an understanding in our relationship of like things that I 
want in this relationship and I want her in my life and I want to have my mom in my life. It's just, there's circumstances that I, that have to be in order for her to continue to be in my life. So you've really had to go through a process of, of getting to know yourself and what you want and need, and then figuring out how to advocate for that with your mom. Yeah. And it's, and that's one of the biggest things that I've had to come to terms with in counseling is just advocating for myself and what I want out of relationships and demanding the respect that I deserve in relationships. One thing I hear from kids and teens is that when a parent dies or a caregiver or some other significant person, there are particular like events and milestones that are just extra painful without their person there and their physical form and and wondering what events in your life have stood out as just like, oh, I really wish my dad was here for this right now. Um, there's a few big ones right now. Um, one was the birth of his first grandchild, getting to know her. She just turned 10 this year. And then just getting to see like my sister and I both graduate from high school and then just seeing the success that we've, we've made in the last few years, the success that in our jobs, just how far we've come and how much we've accomplished. It's just him not being here to see that has been the heart. You mentioned graduation and just wondering like, you know, everyone's parents and caregivers are, are different and they have different roles they play in our lives and different ways they act at those milestone events. And just wondering like, what kind of dad do you think your dad would have been at your high school graduation? Oh, <laughs> He wouldn't have been like he wouldn't have been a cheer, but it would have been like a come out and be like a pat on the back or like a rub on the shoulder, but like, hey, like I'm really like congrats or proud of you. Mm. So he's kind of an understated guy. Oh yeah. And Kiana, what are you most uh, what are you most proud of yourself for in having been a nine year old kid whose dad dies and now an adult gone going through everything that you've gone through? Like what are you most proud of? I'm proud of my growth and that's, that's something to be said because it's taken a long time to get here and it's taken a lot of steps and a lot of lessons learned to get to this point. I'm most proud of the person I've become and the thing, the obstacles that I'm overcoming in all these years. While they haven't been easy, I'm proud for the, like advocating for myself in order to fix them. And then what do you most wish your dad could know about your life now? What I wish he could know is that I wish he was here for it. I want him to know that, like, he's my inspiration. It's weird to say that about somebody who took themselves out so early. But, there, I mean, there's been times along my journey where I just, I didn't feel like I had a place here. But knowing where he was and the, where we've come from, he's honestly the um, the reason I keep going forward. He's my inspiration. And that I have, it's a reminder also that it's like I'm not alone. That I have this huge community that's here to help me along the way. And that there's nobody here that wants to see me fail. And I, I know he watches over me also. 
in a spiritual way, whichever way we want to look at it. Um, there was a point a few years back when right before I started this new job, I was just going through the toughest time I'd ever gone in my life. And I'd went to bed that night and I had a dream and he was there. That was the first time I've ever seen him in a dream since he passed. He was in his 80s trucker glasses, <laughs> his big mustache that he kept. And we were, it was just me and him. No words were exchanged. And we were just looking over the world. I, got to, I placed my hand on his shoulder and we just hugged in some weird way that told me that everything was going to be okay. Everything was going to work out such a powerful experience to have. And it sounds like at a time when you really, really needed it. Yeah. So Kiana, as we come to the end of our conversation today, is there one thing that you would want a teacher or a parent or any adult out there to know about how to show up for a kid when their parent dies and dies of suicide it's gonna sound weird when I say this but it's like leave the door open give them an open door to let them know that they can come feel their feelings whenever they need it but at a certain point they also need their space to just organize what they need to feel first and foremost because it's just such an array of emotion once when you lose somebody that you just don't know which emotion to feel first I so appreciate that. That's a really helpful, I don't know, give me a visual, you know, of like open the door, but don't barge through it. (laughs) Make sure there's space on the other side of it, but make sure it's always open and available um, for when kids and teens have had a chance to even get to know what they're feeling before they start to try to share it or express it with someone else. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if I ever got to show what my dad shared that he wasn't just my dad. He was he had a name. It was Bruce. He was a brother, a cousin, a dad, a coworker. He was all these amazing things to a lot of different people. But the way he visualized that he wasn't just my dad, he was more a lot of other things as well. Well, Kiana, I'm really grateful for you reaching out to want to come on Grief Out Loud today and talk to me and to our listeners about your dad and about your experience and about your your story of growth and and change through this grief knowing that the grief is still with you and that you found ways to sort through it and that array of emotions that you talked about and to start figuring out what you need so just really yeah grateful for your time today and for your openness of course thank you so much for having me And listeners out there, thank you, as I say it each and every time, for being part of our community, for making this show mean something in the world. Uh, A few of you have been reaching out and emailing and telling me what the show means to you and how a particular episode affected you. And I just am so grateful whenever anyone reaches out in that way. So if you'd like to email me, you can uh, reach me directly at griefoutloud at dougie.org. That's D-O-U-G-Y dot O-R-G. If you are new to our show, you can find all of our past episodes also at our website, dougy.org, along with uh, resources like tip sheets and activities for kids and teens and young adults. So thanks again for listening, and we hope you'll join us again next time. <laughs>